Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth. This is so luxurious. Oh my gosh, yeah. Nagahide. You know, faux leather. It's nice. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the oh, yeah is coming from Sam Ziggy <laughs> Rodriguez. <laughs> he always always there to support me. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. Exactly right. Uh, and then we have our guest continuing our series on Tolkien uh, and some of the great sort of spiritual and Catholic and uh, Christian connections that he has in this uh, in the Lord of the Rings and how powerful that is. Mr. Joe Thorderson. Joe, I'm so glad you're you're here with us again. Deacon Jeff, you misrepresented this again. Uh, uh, you told me that there would be a feast here worthy of a dwarf king. Yeah. I showed up with a uh, with an appetite and well, it's not even a cup of coffee. Yeah, Sam is actually our dwarf, <laughs> our dwarf, and a resident dwarf. And you know, you're taller than the normal dwarf. Yes, I am. But you got the beard. I do have the beard. We call you Gimli every once in a while. <laughs> He ate the feast. I'm so I sorry. Did. It was I'm here. Sorry. You were five minutes behind him. It didn't yeah. take long for him to eat that feast. Well, you owe me a cup of meat or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A ham floating by in the river or there whatever. We uh, yes, we, we'll, we'll take care of that, Joe. Uh, and I will say that uh, just for folks, he, Joe does a great uh, a radio show called Geek Tank Radio uh, and also another show called Tool Talk Radio. They're really cool, and you can find those on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So uh, those would be cool for you to, 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 uh, to take a listen to. Uh, and we are going to continue this part two of our uh, series on Tolkien. And we got this one's called Tolkien on Heroism. Yes. Right? And I like this because it's connected to just the concept of, of heroism. And we did a show uh, several years back, I think, uh, where we talked about superheroes, like comic book superheroes, right. and how important those were. Uh, and sort of the, you know, it's good that they've been sort of had this resurgence because of all the the Marvel comic universe, right? And and the DC movies um, are really big and uh, very big with the kids now. But really, just more of this superhero thing because it's it's getting harder to find superheroes, right? Right in the right. world, right? And we're sort of in a a drought of actual living superheroes. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, Tolkien was a big fan of, I guess. Superheroes. I don't know if he read any comics. Maybe he did. He had to have. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of fantasy in in his writing. Well, he kind of he's a, he's credited as creating the high fantasy genre. And I, part of me wonders whether or not things like Star Wars and things like the modern uh, comic books and the universes that were created for these modern comic books would they be what they are today without Tolkien? Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in um, how powerful. Uh, uh, fantasy or really just story is in in conveying ideas and conveying um, morals, especially because he seems to be kind of a moralist, don't you think? I mean, I think so. And and, uh, and so the, the reason why I like that is I love because there's a lot of people that don't really understand fantasy, mm-hmm. right? They'll hear that word as some kind of like, uh, first of all, it's a negative thought like, oh, you're just living in a fantasy world. I, I still know people today that they associate anything to do with superheroes or any as just for children with like. Right, I, I, I'm sorry. It's a lot different these days. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you this. The yeah. you know, the, it's not the children paying for the tickets to the movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. But still, they see fantasy as something that's like a flight of right. It's 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 living in an obscure place 
Uh, and maybe if they hear about these, like you, you're you're involved in the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, and people think like that's not my thing. I'm not going to dress up like Chewbacca and whatever and go to some kind of convention, right? But there's really this this uh, you know cosplay and stuff. That there's really a culture, and really what's happening is they're 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 connecting to this concept of heroism, right? Right. This is their way of like speaking that language and living it. Yeah. Deke, I'm going to get my soapbox a second, Deke yes. and Jeff, because we live in a period of of history where, let's face it, people either want to they they want to maybe they believe God exists, but they want to behave as though God doesn't exist. Yeah, and I find it very fascinating that where where they're turning their back maybe on on the Bible or they're turning their back on on their faith. There's still a part of us deep, deeply ingrained towards goodness, and so maybe, yes. maybe uh, it, it's not a coincidence that that superheroes and science fiction characters are so popular these days because they're still a vehicle towards good. I think if they're if they're used right by parents and everything, they're a great vehicle for for teaching well, your kids morals. Well, yeah. Tolkien source material was a lot of the ancient epics, you know, Beowulf and various other things. But if you really look at ancient epic, the history of ancient epics, like let's look at Homer, you know, the Iliad and the Odyssey, which is to an extent you could say is the, it's the, it's the beginning of Western education. And it's an education in heroism, right? right. It, it begins with people gathering around the, the campfire and hearing this story being passed around uh, about these heroes like Achilles, these heroes like Odysseus, right? And, and that for, you know, a lot of times we talk about the family being a basic building block of society. Well, I think also you could say a sense of heroism you could look at as a, a, a basic building block of the human soul. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I'll, and I'll double down on that yeah. uh, and agree with Joe that, uh, that, that we were created in the image and likeness of God. And his law was written on our hearts. So even if we want to deny his existence, our, our very creation by him uh, makes us uh, drawn to, to goodness. Right. right, so even you talk to uh, an atheist, someone who denies the the existence of God, right? You 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 they they believe in goodness, right? They they cannot separate themselves from who they were made to be right. completely. So that's why it's important uh, that there is a connection between like so, sort of these the fantasy worlds between the comics, the superheroes, and our desire for good versus evil, right? right. Our desire to be good. We love a good evil. A villain, right, in those books, only because we know they're going to get swatted down by the the, the superhero, the good guy, right? right? And we probably don't want to read the ones, and they're not as successful when the villain wins, right? <laughs> I, I, That's true. Uh, and then, and then ultimately, if the villain does win, and they say like, "Well, you know, Superman's dead." What happened the next month after that? Superman's right. resurrection, you know? Right. Ultimately, yeah. it's going to come back for a sequel that's going to be bigger than the last one. You know, that kind of thing. So, so let's, let's talk about Tolkien and heroism. What kind of, what kind of heroes do we have uh, in Tolkien? Because there's no one flying around in a cape. <laughs> well, there's a lot of different visions of heroism one can say in Tolkien. Right? Yeah. So heroin is, heroism is uh, it's different for a hobbit than it is for a dwarf, an elf, a man, a wizard, an ent. You know, every every case is different in its own way. Well, because those are different types. I mean, literally, almost species to a certain degree of oh, characters. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Right? And and in every case, the hero is a hero. Though there is one thing that's still common in every case. They're they're seeking something higher than themselves, something noble. And, and I asked. I have a friend who lives out in California. He's a, a, a an aspiring uh, Catholic fantasy writer uh, named R.C. Black, and he's a huge Tolkien fan. Thank you, R.C., for your help in producing this program. Yeah. Was, right. you consulted and talked to him. I did. I reached out to R.C. He's a friend of mine, and I asked him. Uh, he's to, a real Tolkien expert, not just a local <laughs> expert. 
Yeah. Joe's the best thing we got around here, but but RC Black apparently okay. is yeah. like. <laughs> well, I asked RC if he could if he could list off for us what if you're going to distinguish heroism across these different uh, groups. What would you what would you say? So here's what he said. He said for men, it's rising above our base desires of greed. Lust for power and glory for the greater good of all. Right. So before let's let's talk about each one of those as we go. Yes. Right. Uh, I look at that and go like, well, okay, yeah, desires of greed, check. Lust for power, check. But also the glory for the greater good of all. I mean, there's a part of me that wants there well, to be. Well, no, you're, but you're rising above the lust for glory. You're rising above that in choosing the greater good for That's all. That's right. So yeah, That's right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I still I, see I'm that. I'm sort thing. of intrigued by that third point. Is he saying that? Um, okay, well, we want to do good, but we want everybody to know that we're doing good so that we get praise for it. Is that? Well, I think of, actually for men, there is a sense of there is a desire for glory and praise. Yeah, and to be okay. remembered as great and stuff like that. But you still have to. Re- re- uh, but a hero is going to rise above that um, and recognize that there's limitations of that goodness and that there is a greater good that has to be So served. you're saying it's wrong for me to say I'm the humblest guy in the room. Right. I'm, proud of, it. I'm yes. proud of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah I see what you're saying there. Yeah. So then it's for dwarves, the dwarves have to rise above the want of money and greed. I thought you were going to say they rise above their height because they can't. That's a, <laughs> although Gimli in there, man, he... he He's uh, an excellent jumper. <laughs> Yeah, but but, but an excellent sprinter, he, they're natural sprinters. But he was a natural with the axe, right? He was a he was a he was a you powerful dude. Gimli. No, sure. you don't. Don't. He's a powerful, powerful guy. So, and, and and the dwarven women have the most beautiful beards. You can. Oh yeah, lovely, lovely. So, anyway, the, they the rise dwarves, above what they're rising above the wants of money and greed and and past grievances for the greater good of the realms and for the greater good of those that they would call foe. And so, with dwarves overcoming past bitterness is a big part of of them as well. Uh, for, they hold on to grudges. They so. do. Yeah, in fact, it's, it's, <laughs> and, and fact, like, again, in the movie, you always had to hold Gimli back. He was yes. ready to go and start <laughs> with his battle axe. He was ready to swing it immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh, bring me money. Oh, really? you know, see, he was, he, he had headlong, you know, into battle. Tell me your name, Horse Master. <laughs> <laughs> but even when he goes, toss me. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, he's a formidable uh, warrior. Oh, yeah. Right. And so I would imagine if they're sitting around, you know, having an adult beverage, right. uh, they'd be talking about who they hated, who they, <laughs> who, they, who, who they slaughtered before and oh, what yeah. kingdom they, they tore down before. Oh, yeah. For and so sure. that's probably an obvious struggle for a dwarf, you know? I imagine so. Yeah. Well, then for elves, it's rising above the need to stave off time. To let the natural order of things continue and let the world uh, leave, the, leave world. the world better for the next race to inhabit it. Yeah, so that's uh, definitely what those, uh, you know, because you, you always saw them sort of like as, as, as sort of angelic and sort of like, yeah. you know, this they, they were separated, but they were connected. So like they were angels and they were connected to, to the men especially, but uh, they were always like patient and, and, and uh, just like knowing about like what was good for the world but then they were willing to it was t- our time was this is the age of men our time is to go right 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 so we're going to leave this world in a place that where it's happy and stable and has a future right and so our time is done right well and and, and with wizards uh he has it's rising above the need for control and letting a gentle but firm hand speak over godly power. And I want to add to this as well with regard to the wizards, because something you'll notice about Gandalf especially, so we're talking about heroism, so we're talking about the good wizards. You know, there's a lot of stuff Gandalf could have done 
that he chose not to do. He stepped back to let other people step up. So, like, when you see, like, in the movie, he, he uses his staff to let that light shine that, that ends up turning the tide for the battle. He did that because that was needed. Or when he stepped up uh, against the Balrog and said, fly, you fools. He did that because it was needed, right, at the end of the day. And in the same way, I'm reminded sort of because you mentioned angels, like technically the, 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 the group that's most similar to angels in Lord of the Rings are actually the wizards, right? And the, oh, and, yeah. and the bad wizards are, 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 are more akin to the fallen angels, right? right. And so like in this case, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm reminded of like St. Michael the Archangel in the letter of Jude where, you know, the devil is trying to take Moses's body and St. Michael just he stands there guarding it. We might have this image of St. Michael with his sword. and He's just constantly slashing bad angels down. But instead the image that we get in scripture is, uh, you know, may God rebuke you. Right. And so he is, he's so, and that's, we quote that every time we say the St. Michael prayer, wait, may God rebuke him. We humbly pray. Right. right. And so there is, uh, there's this, this, Within the angels, and I think also within this wizards, this there's a, there's an elegance, there's an efficiency, there's a they 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 do just what they need to do, exactly what they need to do. They play their part, and they're not trying to to overplay their part. And do you, do you do you reckon that Gandalf would have seen perhaps the uh, the problem with doing too much? Oh, In yeah. other words, like he might get tempted to basically run the show. Well, that's why he didn't want the ring. Yeah, yeah. It, well, I don't know. See, when I'm when I'm uh, Watching Lord of the Rings, I I sort of uh, you know you're categorizing the the, the hobbits, the dwarves. Yeah, the yeah. I kind of see a breakdown of um, you could you could make a comparison to um, classes of people or nations of people or something like sure. that. Because I think yeah. of the I think of the elves as people that have worldly power. They're they're affluent or they're just very educated or you know. And how do they use that power against the street level farmers of? Uh, Hobbit Town, you know, and all that. Yeah, so sure, it's sure. and how do they and how do they work together and everything? Because I think what I like, one of my favorite things about being a Catholic is the is the notion that it is it's the universal church. It's for everyone. And mm. themes in the in in the Lord of the Rings that I really like are all these groups, um, especially like you said, um, uh, Gimli and uh, oh gosh, who's up? Uh, Legolas. Legolas, yeah. Yeah, hated each other at first, and then they're like best friends by the end, and they're working together with a little spirited so, competition on how many right, people they killed. Right. So I think it's yeah, all about. I don't know. To me, I look at classes of people, if you could say that, or category, however you want to. No, break I, it down. I, 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 would yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, I would agree with you. And now there's still another category. Well, there's, well, there's two more. There's the ends and the hobbits, and yeah. for. Ince, it's realizing the world. They talk slowly in the movie. <laughs> yeah. it's you say ENTS because, to be honest, I had to ask Sam. I I didn't know what the ints were, but you know they're the, the big trees. They're the big, yeah, yes, they're the so big for trees. Ince, it's real. It's realizing that the world is changing and that all must stand against shadow. Because if we do not, then uh, then we've been. If we do not, then what we've been defending will be destroyed. And it's realizing that we have to accept that the world has changed and we must fight for it. Right. Yeah. And so they're they you know they're they're very deeply rooted. They're slow moving. They're trees. You know what I mean? So until they need to go for a walk. And, and right, they, right. Yeah. And when they see what the orcs did to right. uh, the the forests, and that they had to step up, and that the thought of I can just stand here and be me, and I don't have to take up this fight, they had to rise above. There's a heroism there. Yeah. And it makes me feel better because honestly. Uh, I thought it was a failure because I was a, uh, a tree in the school play, you know? <laughs> but now I feel like I'm a noble, noble creature. Well, for, and then for hobbits, it's realizing that we cannot ignore evil. 
and that we must heed the call of duty, similar to ends, that we have to journey beyond our borders and ignorance and give it all, and we must save our home for others, even if we might not belong there anymore. Right, and so, and and with with hobbits, I mean, hobbits are sort of a forgotten people. There are certain people, some didn't even know that hobbits existed, and uh, and hobbits were completely out of touch with understanding of. Tom like, has really hairy feet. <laughs> he might be part hobbit. Right, he's too tall though. Well, like 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 he was given Frodo was given the the the, the shirt made of mithril, and the, and uh, I think it was Gandalf who makes the the the, the mention. It's like that that uh, mithril that's worth more than the whole Shire. Like, and he had no idea. He right. was just wearing it, you know? Right. Like, because it was given to him. Because they're just completely out of touch with the rest of the world. There's right? a great detachment from all the things that we think are valuable. Well, there's a childlike purity. They, they, yes. There's just a love of life and a love of friendship and family and community and of growing things, you know? And I think right. that, to that me, the, the love of life. Yeah, yeah. they almost, that, that, that opening of uh, Lord of the Rings, it's almost like the ideal society. Yes. Everybody's working together. They're all just enjoying a, a yeah, feast but Joe, together. And, doesn't that you know. tell you that like there's something always looming around the corner that's going to invade whatever little perfect right. society you have, Yeah, right? Because evil is out there and it's working its way in. That's why we have to be aware of all the, the challenges right. out there. Well, and so here's the thing that's really interesting, I think, for, for Tolkien. So each has a standard of heroism that varies according to their own values, their own unique challenges. However, the fulfillment of that heroism goes beyond their own values, their own challenges, right? Because the effect of the overall narrative is that no one fully reaches their potential in a vacuum. And so along with this is a a major theme of Tolkien is the role that friendship plays in helping each person meet their fullest potential. So you have this great heroic man, this great heroic elf, this great heroic dwarf. Great, you know, but... That it, it's it's the combination of them walking in common mission together right. and friendship, where they're all able as a group to help bring out the hero in one another and accomplish the mission together. The whole the sum is better than the whole. Of the, right. or the whole. Yeah, you get the idea. No, that's awesome. And and uh, you know, it, it's funny the 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 difference that I saw initially when we were comparing all these different worlds and peoples and things like that. And I thought about Superman, right, and living in the Fortress of Solitude, right? (laughs) And and, and where, until, I mean, of course, I watched the movies, you know, but until he kind of goes out, meets Lois Lane, goes into the kind of world, and then brings her into his world a little bit, that solitude was no longer, I mean, he was, was you know, uh, I guess, joining a society and he became better for it. Yes. Even though there were some problems with kryptonite and things like that, he still became better for the companionship because it just helped me to see that we're, we're like born as human beings. We're born into this world, into community. Yes. Right. We're born into community. We're not born into solitude. No, we're social so, creatures. Right. So, yeah. we're, well, there's a, a when a, a, what I tell my kids is when a, when a man really loves a woman and a woman really loves a man and they have a child, that's a family. Right. And right. so the thing is, you're born into that family. Right, your mother didn't give birth to you and kind of leave you at Walmart or whatever and, and, right. and run away. Now that happens tragically, uh, some distraught people. But the reality is, the normal way things happen is, you got a mom and a dad and a kid, and or maybe multiple kids. But but you're a community, and it gets people talking about blood and and the, the thicker than water and the idea that that we're we're stronger as a family, right? That there that's where our values are rooted. And here we're seeing this uh, sort of go outward into all these different types of people. And I think this would play very well in modern culture for what people 
you call it wokeism, whatever, but people are, are talking about like everybody's voice needs to be heard. Everyone needs to be counted. Everyone has their strength and values and, and diversity. There's, there is strength and diversity. And to me, this is the purest way of seeing that. It, it, what I like about it, too, is nobody is preaching to anybody in, in The Lord of the Rings. It's basically you're, you're watching a story unfold. You're seeing uh, good elves, bad elves. You're seeing... Um, you're seeing them in 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 action and uh as flawed characters and uh and the consequences of everything they do play out which is a perfect illustration for us of what happens to us you know when exactly when we behave a certain way and it's like i think the best way to teach people or to just convey a message is to not preach just tell a story and let the, you know, people can figure or, it out and themselves. And live the story as well. Yeah. Right. Well, right. like I said in the first uh, uh, episode of our uh, this series, I, I just talked about this is a great way to sort of sit back and watch something right. and essentially see a lesson for life played out before you. If you're looking for these things when you watch it, I invite you all to watch the trilogy again after having heard these shows and start going like, I never noticed that or never realized that because it makes the, the story even stronger. Yeah. Well, and regarding the fellowship, you know, the, the strength of the bonds between the members turn out to create a more unified and connected Middle Earth than before. And so we can think in terms of, uh, you know, we hear sometimes that like in, in your average parish, there's only 14% that's active, for example. Like we need to be able to, we can, we can look down on that and say, ah, oh, gosh, no one's engaged or we can get or we can band together and we can uh we can say i'm going to work with who's here to step up alongside me right we're going to do the work that needs to be done and it's up to god to decide you know how, what graces come from that and what what, what fruitfulness comes from that. joe didn't uh like didn't tolkien experience that like in, in his life yeah i wanted to actually uh, i wanted to plug this movie that i came across uh in 2019 i think it's just called tolkien yeah uh, it stars nicholas hurt lily collins and cole meany he's the priest kind of friend is but anyway it's irish the sto- guy yeah oh yeah he's he's a great actor but yeah. uh it's it's all about tolkien and as a fan um I really, really appreciate it, and there's a, there's a kind of a love story between him and his his, uh, his future wife, but it also shows kind of the horrors of World War One and what what effect that ha- that had on him. He and was it, a soldier, right? He was a soldier. He went he went in there, and, it, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's some pretty cool little uh, sequences that uh, uh, the Allies won, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty no, sure. No, there's some. <laughs> if you can imagine some, uh, you know, orcs showing up on a World War One <laughs> battlefield, there's some images like that. But, but you uh, could you could connect them. Yeah, and yeah. and it also, if you're a fan of like the Dead Poet Society, which is one of my favorite movies, uh, he's it, it shows the power of literature. It's really really well done. I, I highly recommend it. Captain, so. my captain. Yeah, right. It's great. And, so. and would you say that it also shows the power of friendships on the battlefield? Oh, absolutely. As well? Yeah, I, you can. See see all the themes emerging that that would have come into play for lord of the rings so well in the same way also even the saints uh of the catholic church they're not they're they're great but they're they're not great in a vacuum right they're great because of who they serve who they represent and they are acting as members they're not acting on on, on their own they're act even hermits are not acting right. on their own they're acting as members of a body and even a hermit who's off on a salt pillar somewhere in the middle of a desert his work of giving his life of sacrifice in prayer is for the conversion of the world and is touching lives right. that yeah. he may not be able to see them in person but it's still changing the world yeah one of my favorite saints is saint francis xavier and when you when you learn about his story and when he met saint ignatius and then how many other jesuits that that all went out and you know so it's like you say there it's a team effort it's you know and some of them were actually in groups 
Right. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, Paul, Mickey, and companions and things like that. You start to hear these uh, feast days. If you're going to Daily Mass, you'll hear these a lot. And it's like, who who, who are they? Oh, yeah. You know, and, but they, they'll, they'll list a couple of leaders and then and companions. And right. there might be 20 or 30, you know, people that were with them that were essentially uh, martyred at that time. And you start to see again this this uh, companionship leading to glory. Well, there's an old movie uh, uh, called uh, "The Flowers of Saint Francis," and that's about Francis and his companions. And there's uh, all sorts of great saint movies and saint stories involve more than one saint. Or, or Saint Therese of Lisieux, her parents are now canonized, and her sister, I believe, is also about to be canonized. So it's also within the context of family. You have saints moving together. It's funny, because now that you're saying that, I'm thinking, is there ever a case where there is just one saint and nobody in their orbit? You know, because I'm thinking St. John Bosco, St. Dominic, and they all sort of expand out and There are so many saints that the church has celebrated. I imagine we could probably find the outlier that had no influence on anyone else. But I would imagine, for the most part, there's not. I there's imagine a, everybody has an orbit. Everybody has a, a an atmosphere in which they are right. uh, operating. St. Francis and Dominic were best friends. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, that's the trivia question of the day. Find us a saint that just sort of became a saint in a vacuum. Yeah. St. <laughs> Olaf, he had a hard slog, right, over in Iceland. Well, yeah. again, I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, I think, did he die ice fishing? Is that actually? I, no, I don't, I don't know, think but... it was. He was pushed into the uh, ice pond. But but I, the, the the other thing about the saints, I think that's important. We mentioned, you know, heroism with hobbits and dwarfs and elves, wizards, men, you know, ents, and they're all different types. Yeah. Right? All of them are, they're vastly different. And look at the saints. Oh yeah, you, you have uh, saints living in opulence who reject that, or whatever saints who living in poverty, right? Who are given the riches of spirituality, and and there were groups there all over the world. Some didn't speak others' languages, except for the language of Christ, the language of love, and 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 uh, and so again, we have this lesson from the Catholic Church, from Christianity, that says uh, all these varied, very varied uh, saints are at our disposal and working for uh uh you know to to bring forth salvation uh in line with what jesus did right to working to bring we can call upon them right and we can bring them into our community now suddenly we have you know wizards and ents and you know uh and all that working with us so uh this has been an awesome awesome uh exploration of of all of this uh we have Version three, you know, episode three coming up, so we look forward to that, right? Amen. And we have ask, a trilogy. Yeah. Yes, we have a trilogy. <laughs> Let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.